want to know something about praise and worship artists? They have the same kind of hope we do. They're on the level as us. But there's a power this morning in the Word of God. Can I have an amen to that? That it says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And I feel a leading to go ahead and preach the Word of God today. And I believe the Holy Spirit has given a word, not by Micah Bynum, but by the Word of God. And I feel a strong leading to go ahead and preach it today. How many know that there is, when the Spirit moves, that there is still a move of the Spirit even when the pastor preaches? It's because the Holy Spirit has given word. And I do believe there are folks here that he has ordained and designed to hear it today. Amen. Father, we thank you for the way the Spirit has moved and ministered this morning in this service. I thank you, God, for liberty to worship. But Lord, let the celebration continue and the rejoicing continue at your preached word. Not because we're Pentecostals, but because there is an undying truth and hope in the word of God. We rejoice in you today and all God's people said, Amen. Judges chapter 16, starting at verse 17 through verse 21. It says that he told her, this is talking about the Judge Samson, that he told her and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, nor I have, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave, and I shall become weak. And be like any other man. Then Delilah saw that he told her all his heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in her hand Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks off of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. I'd like to continue last Pastor Bynum's last message last Sunday. I'd like to kind of give a part two. What a wonderful time we had in, in, during we celebrated the fathers of Rodney Pike Church of God. We celebrated the dads and the men of God in the house. Can I ask a question? How many here appreciate the men of God here at Rodney Pike Church of God? We appreciate their leadership. 
And I love the theme of Father's Day, of how we had the be strong theme, the be strong theme. And I kind of joked my dad a little bit and said, you know, he's, he's still got it in the craftiness and the skill. He can envision a prop or a set, and he is able to create things. For those of you that don't know, but that barbell that we had last week as a prop was created by Pastor Ron. He had made that barbell. He's that kind of a crafty person. He definitely has a gift with that. You can tell him something you'd like to see created, and uh, he is able to create that. He had felt a leading for us to have that theme on Father's Day last Sunday for the simple fact, if you notice something about a few young men here at Rodney Pike Church of God, we have got some men who like to bodybuild. We've got a few men in the house who are faithful to the gym, who are faithful to go and lift and work out and lift weights and develop muscles. I'm building my body, but in a different kind of way. Amen. <clears throat> I'm creating a mega church for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. I'm building my body in a different sense and maybe it wouldn't hurt to build my body in a different sense of the term. But I love the creative nature of my parents and how they decided to have the Father's Day theme be strong. See, there are men who are practicing a consistency of working out in the gym. Their muscles are being built in a scientific format known as hypertrophy. Hypertrophy to free describes, sorry, excuse me, describes the growth of muscle cells through exercise. It explains strength and conditioning. See, there was a coach interviewed who was a bodybuilding expert. He said, when we train, we create little micro tears within the muscle cells we use, he says. The recovery process essentially rebuilds these tears to make them grow back bigger, better, and stronger. Did you know that muscle is actually not growing in the working out process itself? Did you know it's after the working out process and in the midst of a time of rest when the muscle begins to grow? Did you know that? Did you know that I found it funny that people become more muscular and they become more built, as you would say, because they are creating tears within cells that already exist, that already exist. In other words, people get really built because of a willingness to mess things up that are already existing. There's a consistency in an understanding that I am willing to wake things up. You know, every person with a great weight loss story, a great weight loss testimony, has that time where they say, has that time where they make the decision, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm going to the gym. 
I'm getting up in the morning. It's that first time. It's that first time on the treadmill. It's that first time on the weightlifting machine. It's that first time on the elliptical that brings about a lifestyle of change. Can I ask you something this morning? It may sound a little cliche, but is there anybody in the house that wants to pray the prayer, God mess up my current situation? Is there anybody in the house that is willing to say, God, I'm tired of being at the place that I'm at. I'm tired of the complacency. I'm tired of, of being stagnant. I'm tired of being still. I'm tired so much of being somebody who, who truly lives life and goes through the motions, but there's no evidence of you moving and operating. Oh God, I have that desire for you to intervene and just mess up my current situation. Amen. Mess up the current situation. Spiritually, this preaches and prophesies to an extremely high level. Why? Because we can get extremely comfortable. We can get extremely complacent. We can get extremely, honestly, spiritually lazy. So much so that we do not go into hypertrophy, but we go into the opposite, which is called autotrophy. There is a depleting and a deleting of the muscles. Wouldn't it be awesome if some of you who were maybe high school football players, you worked out and got this certain physique back when you were in high school, wouldn't it be wonderful if the same physique you had at 18, you still had it at 40 years old? Oh, come on now. Anybody want to pray, want to say amen to that? It'd be awesome if I had the same physique I had back in high school. And I didn't have to do another thing. I didn't have to grow in any way, shape, or form. I didn't have to continue working out, but that's not the case. Why? Because I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, I'm not even a personal trainer. But I can tell you if there is a lack of bodybuilding and a lack of working out, the muscles will begin to break down and deplete and disappear. I don't know about you, I don't want what God has done in my life to disappear. I don't want it to disappear. I don't want the goodness of God that he has shown many upon many years ago to disappear. But I want to be a continual living, breathing testimony for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. I want to be that living, breathing example of a work of Christ within my life. I don't want to be an example just in the church house, but I want to be an example in a lost and dying world of the goodness of God and the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Do you want to know how all that comes to be? Do you want to know how that happens? It's a church that remains consistent in the working out process. It's a church that remains and says, I continue want the Lord to tear away at the cells that are there so new strength and new muscle can be formed because new attacks are coming. Therefore, I need new strength and new muscle to be formed and to be developed. 
It's a continual process. It's a continual working out. Oh my goodness. I don't envy those that get up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym. But I can tell you something. They look a lot different than what the preacher does this morning. They look a lot different than what the preacher does this morning. They've got a better look about them. They've got a thinner build about them. They don't have to go to the big and tall section to, to shop. They don't have to get seatbelt extenders. Anybody hearing me this morning? Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, it's a good place to laugh and just be honest with one another today. There's a difference there. But see, what's happening is each and every step, there's a tearing away at cells. There's a lifting. See, see, what, what's happening when we're faithful to church attendance? <laughs> see, what's happening is our cells are they're being torn and God's strengthening us. What happens when there's a consistency of getting into the word of God on a daily basis? There's a working out of the muscle that's happening. There's a working out of the muscle. What is it? What, what's happening here when we lay aside times where we could easily gossip about things and times where we could speak darkness over things what it is there's a there's a muscle being formed there's a development that's happening and then all of a sudden we're like holy ghost Arnold Schwarzeneggers that whatever the devil tries to throw at us ain't gonna win amen praise God could I bug somebody honey for a bottle of water amen thank you honey But there's a building and there's a developing. Breaking the spirit of a trophy. A loosening down of strength. And a breaking down of strength. And a deterioration of muscle mass happens whenever we begin to break away from those needed workouts. And I've noticed something, that Satan has a way he operates. That naturally, when there's a breaking away from certain things that develop spiritually, he begins to work within the mind to where we are able to rationalize and tell ourselves such things are not needed to build a lack of necessity. I have learned, I know we, we don't want to say the, the, the COVID word, but I'm going to say it this morning. I, I have kind of noticed something that when we had no choice but to shut down churches, and so we were unable to attend, people got comfortable with a lack of church attendance. They got kind of comfortable with a lack of church attendance. And then all of a sudden the way the enemy would operate is he would allow us to build, to rationalize and make our minds think church attendance was unnecessary. You ever had those things? I, I tell you, that's just a lie of the enemy when things begin, spiritual things begin to be declared within our minds as unnecessary. It's a lie and a defeat of the enemy. I'd like to go to Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 10. And I'm going to go through verse 16. It says this. 
finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed, are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest end is light. So here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. It's interesting. Anybody remember there was a wave? I'm going to bring it in this light and use an illustration here. Does anybody remember? I would have been like a middle school teenager. Remember the milk commercials? where what they would do is they would talk about milk being part of a workout. Okay, remember that? And it would start off, this big muscular guy telling his story about being an eighth grader that would get easily pushed around. It would start off with this puniness, this small person get kicked around. But then they would show him drinking milk and he would say hey I'm working out and I'm drinking milk and all of a sudden there was a gradual process where they begin to grow and develop and become stronger and stronger and stronger but the interesting thing was after their first workout they were still puny there was another commercial on the flip side. There was a heavy set man who went and weighed himself. He worked out. He weighed himself on the scales. Remember this one? And he looks at it, and then he takes a lap. He runs around the gym and goes and weighs himself again. You know what he finds out? His weight is still the same because it's a process. Spiritual growth is a process. It's not this situation where someone, I mean, it'd be awesome if somebody got up off of an altar of salvation and was never tempted by the sin they asked Jesus to forgive them of. Can I have an amen? And truth be told, we may not have too much use of the Holy Spirit if there wasn't temptation. See, temptation is not probable. Temptation is inevitable. And I can guarantee you, you're going to face temptation. You're going to face things you don't want to face. There's going to be things that are going to pop up and you're going to see things and want to say things. And unfortunately, those things are not probable. They're inevitable. But you know how you overcome temptation is by developing spiritual strength. To where when the things try to come up, try to tempt you, and try to overtake you, you can say, get away from me because of your spiritual strength. See, what's happening is as we grow spiritually, we go from falling prey to the devil's attacks to exposing the devil's attacks. 
to where things turn around, where he thinks we're vulnerable, all of a sudden he tries to attack and we're extremely strong. Isn't it something how the grace of God operates that things the enemy tries to destroy us with, God can turn around and use him for his glory and for his honor. And let me tell you, this is not a church thing or a holiness thing or a preacher thing or try to keep you from a good time. It's a thing that's going to get you to heaven and pull more people with you when we say, Jesus, build me, develop me so I can be strong for you. Hallelujah. Oh, and see what begins to happen as we begin to get stronger. And see, not only do individuals begin to get stronger, but the body of Christ as a whole begins to get stronger. Oh my God, could you imagine this morning if just the group of people in this small room would make a dedication to the Lord saying, I'm gonna give up things that glorify the devil and I'm gonna give them up for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna get into the word of God more. I'm gonna pray more. I'm gonna go to church more. I'm gonna let God use me more. I'm going to get stronger, stronger. Stronger Christians create stronger bodies. Oh, hallelujah. But if I could take you on another journey, you think about somebody who's got strength. You think about somebody who's got strength. It kind of reminds me how things go in youth recreational ball teams. It makes me think how youth recreational ball teams operate and how they work. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because you'll have little Johnny who's an easy walk and they tell him, a walk's as good as a hit, Johnny. You know, you, you know those little boys I'm talking about. It's like the helmet weighs as much as they do. They find the lightest bat for them. They just kind of stand there. And every pitch they get goes about this level on them. Come on, just take a strike, Johnny. That's what the coach says. Just take a strike. Ball three. Ball four. Oh, but right up after Johnny is the boy who already knows how to spit. It's the coach's son. He's in third grade and he's got a beard. <laughs> Even knows how to do this number. I have no clue what that was for, but I used to do it. He does this number. He does a little knee thing. Gets in stance. But I had some cousins that were serious ball players. Serious, serious ball players. They knew all that stuff and it just seemed he would stare down the pitcher with intimidation. The outfielders would begin to walk backwards as he comes up to the plate. And the coach would yell, big hitter, big hitter. Keep your eyes open, big hitter. They're giving instruction to little Johnny. Okay, little Johnny, there's two outs. Anybody know the adage, two outs, you run on anything. You run on anything. You don't have to worry about the pop-outs, anything like that. You run on anything, Johnny. Then all of a sudden, that coach's son is up at the plate, and he nails that ball, and every single base runner gets to running, 
and that coach's son makes it all the way around the bases, hitting a home run. You want to know something? That little weak boy did not have the same strength, tenacity, and skill as the coach's son who was at the plate. But let me tell you something. He was on the same team, and the run that crossed the plate when the coach's son got a home run was for the same team. What am I getting at this morning? There are going to be new converts that are weaker and still getting stronger, and the Lord's still working on them, but coming to the plate is the coach's son who's been there, done that, faced the storm, faced the circumstance. Our goal is to not make them perfect. Our goal is to get them to cross the home plate. Oh, I'm going to tell you something this morning. I think the Holy Ghost is getting some individuals ready at the Rodney Pike Church of God. Some people who've already had to spit in the devil's face. Some people who've already had to face the devil's curveballs and face his attacks. You're getting ready to knock it in because there's somebody weak spiritually standing on first base ready for you to swing the bat on their behalf. This morning, is an hour of realization we're getting stronger so he can use us it's a gradual build up it's a process it takes sacrifice it takes discipline but bless God we're all going to rejoice at the end result hallelujah Hallelujah. Oh, let me tell you, we're exposing the devil. We're exposing the devil. And I like what Ephesians goes on to say in verse 14. It says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Walk in wisdom. Wake up, O sleeping giant. Wake up, O beast. Wake up, O one who's able. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 10 through 13, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Somebody say, Stand against the wiles of the devil. The sneaky attacks, the sneaky ways he forms and he operates, the wisdom to have discernment against the devil's attacks, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. It's a fortifying. It's a strengthening that's happened. And I don't know about you, but I am tired of hearing people fall by the wayside. I am tired of hearing people fall into the traps and the lies and the deceptions of the enemies. That's why it is imperative that the church of Jesus Christ begin to put on the full armor of God strengthen themselves, work out and get ready to stand up against the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. 
And it says in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. Fortifying ourselves spiritually because the true attack does not happen in the flesh. The true attack happens spiritually. I know it gets a little cliche to say, well, it's just the devil. It's just, that's just the devil. That's just the devil. My grandmother used to say, oh, that's just the devil. Sound system feedback at church, she'd say, that's just the devil. Somebody trip and fall out in front of the church, she'd say, that's just the devil. Taught Sunday school many years, kid act up, she'd say, that's just the devil. She had that saying, that's just the devil. My God, saints, it is just the devil. And I'm telling you something, we're not at war with him. He's already defeated. We're not at war with him. He's already defeated. He's already been overcome. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Take on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. It's kind of like that effect. You know, those in cartoons where they go and they try to fight the big guy. He takes a hit at him and it doesn't even budge him. Doesn't even feel it. Doesn't even affect him or phase him or move it. And his feet don't even move. His feet don't even move. It attacks him. They try to attack, but it doesn't even phase him. Honey, I think some things are getting ready to happen in some people's lives in this house that the devil's going to attack and he ain't even going to phase you. You'll get that on the way home. It ain't, it ain't even going to phase you. It ain't even going to hurt you. You're going to say, yeah, yeah, whatever, when the devil starts to mess because you know God's already gone to blessing. Why? Because you're fortified. You're strong and you're built up. But see, here in the text, we had read about the great biblical hero, Samson. And truth be told, when I read the accounts of Samson, it's almost like I hear classic superhero music in my ear. And the Bible says Samson killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And all of a sudden I hear that bum, ba bum, ba da 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 da. And he tore the ropes that were upon him as though they were like flax. Bum, ba bum, ba da 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 da. I hear that music playing over and over in my head. Yes, he had a great physical strength about him, but he had a great weakness. Because the next verse of scripture that talks about that great account of him killing a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. It literally says he laid with a harlot. 
a weakness. A weakness here. This man was supposed to be consecrated. When the angel spoke to the wife of Manoah and said, I, you're going to have a child from birth, he said no razor was to ever touch his head nor was he ever to consume wine or anything off of the vine because he was to be consecrated as a Nazarite, dedicated as a Nazarite. From the get-go, from the beginning. From the beginning. No razor was to ever touch his head. Nothing. He was to never, ever have a haircut. Boy, culture has definitely shifted, hasn't it? <laughs> We're going from, you ain't allowed to get a haircut, to you better go get a haircut. But there was a covenant that he had, this consecration. He was miraculously born. He was, and not only that, the Lord was going to use him to deliver from the hand of the Philistines. This miraculous strength, yet it was almost like he was going to let the weakness overtake him. Great spiritual strength. I think my favorite account with Samson was the account the, he had had this lion coming upon him roaring. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily, moved mightily upon Samson. And when he grabbed a hold of that lion, I know this is gruesome, it's time for lunch, tore that lion apart as though he were a young Goat, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord moved mightily, miraculously upon him. If you're not careful preaching about Samson, you can preach on account after account. I could have easily preached a Pentecostal sermon of how the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord moved mightily upon him. Stating that I've got a work on the inside that I'm thankful for. The regenerating, salvation, transformation. But God doesn't stop on the inside. He gives something for the outside also. The power of the Holy Spirit ripping that lion apart. Miraculously yet the flesh. He gave in to temptations and weaknesses of the flesh. So much so that the covenant that gave him the great strength, he was vulnerable with his God-given covenant. But the next verse of Scripture gives this statement that Samson was overtaken by the Philistines. He was bound. His head was shaved. And he was given, taken to the grind, the Bible says. And he turned the grind. And he walked pretty much. His job was to just Walk in a circle. 
the great defeater, the great conqueror, now stands blinded, bald, bound, and caught up in the enemy's cycle. So much so that it looked like that cycle was never going to be broken. But there's a simple verse of Scripture right after it speaks that they took out his eyes, shaved him, and he walked in that cycle. A short verse of Scripture. The King James Version said, How be it? <laughs> How be it that Samson's hair grew again? <laughs> See, we'll, we'll go through the spiritual atrophy. We'll see a, a degrading of the muscle, the muscular strength. We'll even on our own accord and with our own seeds sown be in the place, be caught up in the cycle. In fact, commentators say that this was considered the most degrading form of slave duty was walking and grinding and continuously walking in this cycle. Can I ask you a question? Does the enemy have you caught up in a cycle that he's told you time and time again there's no way out of? He's got you thinking you're bald you're blind and you're bound. There ain't no way out of this one, son. But the Bible said, how be it, Samson's hair grew. You know what that tells me? The true strength was not in the hair. The true strength was in the covenant. The true strength was not all in that group of dead cells sitting on top of a man's head. The true strength was in the covenant that he had with God and the fact that no razor shall touch his head. Can I talk to you for just a second and let you know, quit letting the devil tell you you're stuck in a cycle you can't get out of. Quit letting the enemy tell you he's got you to a point of denigration and insulting and such a low place that you're not going to get yourself out of. Let me tell you, the Lord wants to renew a covenant with you to break the cycle of the enemy. Walking over and over again in this cycle. People probably mocked him. I saw a Hollywood depictation of it. And I think Charlton Heston one time played Samson. And the people were making a mockery. Look at you, Samson. Look at what's happening. But those insulters, those liars, those degraders overlooked 
the fact that on top of that man's hair, head, follicles begin to grow, stubble begin to grow, stubble turned into a short haircut, a short haircut went down to his shoulders, and eventually it grew to a place where there was a renewed covenant of divine power and strength. Hallelujah. Renewed covenants this morning. I'm telling you something right now. And if you look at the science of hair growth, it's different cells. Once my barber takes his clippers across my big old head, the same hair doesn't grow back. The same hair doesn't form once again. No, it's another group of dead cells that begin to come and poke their way through my scalp and begin to grow once again. What am I telling you uh, is that the past is the past. Uh, leave it there. He's here to make all things new and renew and refresh and rebuild. Oh, hallelujah. Blind in a situation. The Bible goes on to tell him, tell us that Samson was brought in to, to be a mockery and to be entertainment because people were creating and they were sacrificing to the god Dagon and they brought him into the temple of Dagon. I studied about Dagon a little bit only to find that Dagon, if I'm understanding right, had the bottom half half a physique of a fish and the upper torso of a man. You got the picture? What is it? A merman. Oh, I'm going to tell you something right now. I feel an old time preacher anointing when I say this. They're going to bring you in to make a mockery to worship Dagon. But I tell you where Dagon's going. He's going to the tuna can where he belongs. Because he ain't nothing but a fictitious character. Pulling him out, worshiping a false god. Adultery. Perversion. False god worship. Oh, but there was a renewed covenant on the head of Samson. There was a renewed covenant on the head of Samson. And we know the story. And the Bible says that last showdown of Samson as he took down the temple of Dagon. He told me, he said, lean me up against the pillar so I can rest. See, see, you, you're going to make the devil think you sleeping, but you very much awake. <laughs> oh, glory. You're going to make the devil think you tired, you wore out, you, someone's made a mockery of you, but that's only made you stronger in Jesus. And you getting ready to take out the key, his key foundations. His final showdown was the greatest numerical victory of his entire reign of leadership. See, you might be facing the atrophy, the weakening of your strength, but let me tell you something. Jesus wants to renew covenant with you. He wants to renew and rebuild 
your strength. He wants you to regain your strength. Frankly, in all honesty, I'm theoretically speaking, but I truly believe Samson in that last standoff was stronger than ever. As he pushed those pillars, can I give you a hope? The devil's ignorance of how God can break the cycle. The devil wants you to think you're blind and you're bound and there's no way out. But all the while, God is moving in a way that the devil is unable to put his finger on. He's unable to stifle. He's unable to stop. God is moving in a way the devil wants you to think you're going to be perpetually ill. He wants you to think you're going to be perpetually bound, perpetually addicted, perpetually this, perpetually that. When God has got a way to break the devil's cycle. Can I ask you a question? Are you ready for the cycle to be broken? Can I ask you that question? Are you ready for the cycle to be broken? Oh, one more time, can I ask it? Are you ready for the cycle to be broken? Oh, are you ready to be set free from walking in the enemy's cycle, from walking in the enemy's lies? Are you ready to say, God, I don't know how you're going to break this cycle, but I know you're going to break this cycle. Oh, is there anybody say, Lord, I want to renew my covenant with you, God, my connection with you. If that's you, would you just stand to your feet right now? Come on, saints of God. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands with me this morning? Oh, will you do me a favor? Say, I want to renew that covenant with you, God. I want to renew that covenant with you, God. I want to renew, I want to break the enemy's cycle. I want to break, I, I know he's lied to me. I've even listened to a lie or two. I've even listened to some of his deceitfulness. But God, I declare, you're going to break the cycle. Hallelujah. Somebody just yell those words, break the cycle. Oh, come on, saints of God, break the I'm breaking off the past. I'm breaking off the former. I'm breaking off the past lies and deceptions of the enemy. I'm breaking the cycle in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. seem a little silly but by the power of the Spirit we declare this morning I want everybody in the house to do this with it may seem a little silly will, will, will you will you be okay with my silliness for a minute is that okay can, can the children's preacher come out for just a minute I want everybody to kind of stand like that now all of a sudden I want you to close your eyes right now I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think the greatest way the enemy has tried to lie to you the greatest way the enemy has tried to defeat you and destroy you 
his greatest plan and design against you, his greatest lie. And I want you in the name of Jesus Christ to begin to push those lies aside right now. Push it out in the name of Jesus. We push out the deceptions and the lies of the enemy. We declare right now the cycle is broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And right now, I want you to prophesy the greatest victory is yet to come. Somebody yell that out this morning. The greatest victory is yet to come. The greatest victory is yet to come. The greatest victory is yet to come. In Jesus' name. The greatest victory is yet to come. The greatest victory is yet to come. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. The greatest victory is yet to come. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, the praise team is going to sing. I'm going to have them sing something. But I'd like to open up these altars this morning. If anybody were to have a need you'd like for us to agree and pray for this morning. You have a need, a care, a circumstance. You need healing in your body. Well, I'd like to say if the Holy Spirit is just moving upon you with this message and you want me to agree and pray with you, I would like to do that. But as they sing, if you have anything you'd like for us to pray for, I want you to come out of your seat and join us up in this altar. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to pray for you this morning. Amen. Anybody else need to come? You, you say, you have, I have a need this morning, Pastor. I've got, a, I've got a circumstance. I've got a care. I've got a dilemma I need the Lord to intervene upon. I need the cycle broken. Is there anybody here this morning that says, yes, I want the cycle broken? Anybody need the cycle broken? Jesus, Jesus. Anybody say, I, I've got, I'm done, I'm done. I've listened too much. I've listened to the enemy too much. Too much. I've listened to the enemy. I've listened to his lies. I'm blinded. I'm bald. And he wants to tell me I'm stuck. God bless you.